Hey, good people. It's your girl, Vera, and welcome back to another episode of the No Good People podcast, a weekly journey into the lively conversations I have with friends, family, and strangers. My guest today is my friend and Sora Maya Holman. Born and raised in Kentucky, Maya is a personal injury attorney who loves to travel and always ready for her next adventure. She is also the designer and owner of Eargasms, handcrafted earrings with genuine healing crystals incorporated into many of her designs. Welcome, Maya, and thanks for being part of the No Good People family. Thank you, Vera. I'm happy to be here. Great, great, great. So we can go ahead and jump right in. Maya, can you tell me a little bit about your background and growing up in Kentucky? Um, yes, I grew up in a small community in Kentucky called New Zion. A nice neighborhood literally has a lot of history, um, was land that was owned by two free slaves that then sold it to other free Blacks as they came into Kentucky. Um, so, like, most of the community growing up was my family. It was only, like, three houses probably in the community that I wasn't related to. And I went to school in Scott County, but we had kind of the best of both worlds where I grew up because we were out in the country, but we were also on the county line for the next probably largest city in Kentucky, which is Lexington. So we would be back and forth between both areas. Um, I have a sister and a brother and yeah, went to school here in Kentucky. So I'm a Louisville Cardinal go-karts and that's pretty much it <laughs> uh, and what's the name of the city again or the town you grew up in um it's not a city or an actual town it's a community it's called new zion community it's oh, actually, new zion community yeah okay. has a historical landmark now so so if someone were to look for it on the map it's not on a map no it's definitely not on a map okay <laughs> okay so tell me what made you decide to be a lawyer? Um, I kind of was always interested in law. I kind of went back and forth between law and um, medical, more um, psychology or physical therapy. And I got to college and I guess I got kind of lazy. I didn't want to do the science classes with the lab, one credit for four hours and it would take so much of my time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to law school. And um, that's pretty much because even in high school, I did um, Black Achievers. And we had the, there were two lawyers, actually, one is a soror that, um, or one of my sorority sisters that um, were over it. So like, I got a lot of exposure to lawyers doing different things that kind of helped solidify my interest because I knew, like, seeing these people um, even in um, high school, there was a, a lady in Georgetown that I used to go help out in her office and just seeing like the different ways you could use your law degree kind of solidified because I knew like I wouldn't be locked into anything okay. by going to law school. I would always be able to expand if I decided I didn't want to practice. Gotcha. Okay. And do you enjoy it? I do. Uh, it's a weird love-hate relationship I have, but um, I do actually love the law. I love that how we can use history and precedent to make changes, how we can make arguments for the good of communities with um, 
legal basis like to say like like this is what we should be doing even if we've never done it before like I love how in that sense that you can make the law work for you not always has to be like a lot of people see law as something that is against them but there are ways to make it work for you so like in that sense yes I do love the law okay okay and if you had to pick something that you could change about um your practice uh what would that one thing be I think it would probably be access. Um, even though there are tons of lawyers, like only about they two between two and three percent are black. The diversity is low, and it's reflected a lot of times in communities and who people are seeing in the courthouse or um, walking around downtown areas and meeting rooms and stuff. And I think that also kind of hinders how fast we see changes that are needed because there isn't a lot of different people at the table so like everybody thinks the same they're having if not the same experiences similar experiences because there's things that they're not experiencing because there is no diversity got it and a lot of times even with women like there are more men at the top than there are women so like it could be something where you're like there's only one woman in the room. Mm-hmm. Her voice is not being heard as much. So like, even in that sense, like you're not getting any diversity of thought. Okay. And do you also find that because if the person is only the only person in the room of that, um, of that background, of that ethnicity, right? is it a situation where that person is more than likely being silenced too? Uh, yeah, it's a lot harder to, get yourself heard because sometimes people want to and I don't know I won't say that they're pretending to be interested in what you're saying but they want to give you an opportunity to talk but that doesn't mean that they're actually listening like they're not actively listening to your input they just want to seem fair because the rest of them have agreed like I worked in a job where like they met they played cards on the weekends Mm -hmm. um would go out for drinks and like they never even thought to invite the women in the office wow yeah and we found out about it because one girl started dating one of the men so then she got invited because she was his girlfriend but not as an equal not as an equal right right and it wasn't a situation where she was opening the door for the rest of you either i I would assume right exactly okay yeah, that would be very frustrating. Exactly. I understand why that would be very frustrating. So designing jewelry then is vastly different than being a lawyer. Yes. <laughs> so tell us how you got into jewelry making and why this love of healing crystals. Well, I, the, the weird thing is I first made jewelry at a sorority. Um, it was like a sisterhood event and another sorority was teaching us how to make things. And it was so fun and relaxing. It was like, and it uses a different part of my brain. So like I'm putting together colors and stuff and it's like not, it's not taxing. Um, I don't have to worry about the effects on other people or anything like that, that I think about when I'm dealing with my cases, like, like, is my client going to be happy? Probably not. Like, but is this something that will be better for them in the long run? Probably so. Like, and then trying to think of, how to make this happen so that 
as many people can be happy as possible. But like in general, most people aren't happy. But like when I make jewelry, it's something like I'm making stuff that looks beautiful to me and other people are choosing it because they also see the beauty and like there's no like conflict to resolve. So like that's really how I started doing it and I was making it and I was just making it to relax. And I had made so many, and some of them, it wasn't even stuff that I would actually want to wear. I was just making it because I gave a lot to um, one of my sorority sisters I crossed to. And she was like, why don't you sell them? What are you going to do with all these earrings? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know what I'm going to do with all these earrings. <laughs> so, yeah, that, I kind of fell into it because then I was like, okay, I do want to sell it. And I... The love of crystals came separately, really um, just a uh, healing journey I was on while in the law that had nothing like, because I actually had stopped making earrings for a little while because I was working so much. I didn't have time for anything um, really fun because I was doing professional organizations. I was doing sorority stuff and I had stopped making jewelry, but I had gotten into buying crystals just stones or different little things that I would keep around the house and um and I was like I want to make stuff that people can wear and have with them that also heals because I started out making stuff for me and then I wanted to share it and like some of the stuff is really expensive and I was like I want to make something affordable because like like crystals like especially buying it from people and how it's priced like it can be hard to find real stuff at a good price, but I wanted to make stuff that other people could afford. Like even if they didn't really, they weren't far on their crystal journey, but they were drawn to a crystal. Like I love talking to people about that. Like why you're drawn to certain crystals, the properties, and how they may um, it may be something going on either subconsciously or consciously that is drawing you to this crystal so I wanted to make stuff that people could have wearable art basically and that they um could afford that's really great that's really really great and did you study um like crystals or how did you learn more how did you get more into depth about the types of crystals and the types of crystals that you would use for jewelry um really been in groups on social media um I actually bought some books at um I love books which is another reason why I went into a lot like reading is one of the things I've been doing since I was a child so Mm -hmm. um I bought books at Barnes and Noble um I would just get on Google and look up certain stuff like sometimes I would be thinking about certain crystals or certain like the energy because I mean like the pandemic's a prime example Mm -hmm. I felt like a lot of anxiety in the air even though I wasn't around other people Mm -hmm. like I could feel the anxiousness that is kind of out there and how people were feeling so like I started making stuff that had crystals that help with anxiety and help with stress and and it kind of um I think it kind of goes with that because like I know a lot of people talk about being empathic and different things Mm -hmm. and I've always said I'm an introvert and people are like but you're a lawyer and I'm like yeah um I stretch myself but um don't we all (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) exactly but I understand the need for people 
to be able to recharge and reset. I was like, because when I'm doing things, whether it's for work or for an organization, like I mentally prepare for that. Mentally prepare myself to be among the people, be in this energy. And a lot of times people don't really think about actively protecting themselves or preparing themselves for things like that. And so like crystals is one of the things like I've always had bracelets and now I have rings and different things I make, but crystals is one of the things because they have like worry stones. Like I would rub my little stone like when I was feeling a certain way. Um, And it would really, it's kind of like, I would say almost like a fidget thing, but Mm -hmm. like sometimes you really feel the energy from the stone. Like, you just want to have it with you. And, and I mean, I would respect that energy. And um, one of the things which is why I do believe I'm an introvert, because like, I can get overwhelmed with the energy of other people. And like, I have learned through making my jewelry and being in the social media group, like how to close that off so that I'm not absorbing all of the things other people are feeling, and then it's throwing me off. Right, and so right, I right. think, yeah, that's like one of those things that's really important. And I think like teaching people about crystals, like uh, gradually it helps to open their mind to that so that we realize like some things aren't us. Like we could be in a mood and we're thinking it's us and it's not us. It's right. not, it's other people. Like we're not even, that we're not even feeling that way. We're actually feeling good and happy. And yeah, and we don't know where this came from. It came from other people. Right. You know, that's a really excellent point because you can't figure out sometimes why you're in a funk Um, Mm -hmm. and then you have to actually kind of retrace your steps and what actually happened in the day and who you interacted with. And sometimes you can pinpoint like, oh, it's because of X or it's Mm -hmm. because, you know, the the cashier at the grocery store was Mm -hmm. throwing off a really weird vibe. And that kind of set me off a little differently. So that makes a lot of sense, like perfect sense. Um, you know, I got into crystals because of you and I'm very, very, very early in on this stage. <laughs> um, but what I will say is that in my office, uh, I do keep the three crystals that you share with me on my windowsill. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way there's always some type of healing energy while I'm working. Yeah. It, I mean, I have some on my desk right now just because of that. And not one of them actually is because I think I got the same crystals for myself that I sent you. No, no, please go ahead. Continue. I was just going to say, like, that's one of the things also with making, like, before I actually started trying to monetize things, like, I would make stuff for people that I'm close to because I'm like, I could feel that something was wrong. And, you know, every time something's wrong, people aren't it's not either something they want to share or something they're ready to share. And so I would send them something. And like, even though like it might make them feel good, like receiving something, but sometimes like, I think the longer aspect, they don't mm-hmm. even realize where it's coming from because I'm like, yeah, I sent you some crystals with some intentions because I want you to be in a good place. Even if I'm not like, even if we don't talk about it, I just want you to get back to a good place. Right, 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 right. And that's the one of the greatest gifts to be able to share with someone, right? Is this is yes. the gift of intention. 
yeah the gift of positive feeling and um you know positive energy is that's one like i said one of the greatest gifts you could ever give to somebody so i'm glad that you shared that about the crystal so how long does it take you to create your designs and is there a method to your creations i don't know that there's a method because sometimes i can be somewhere and i'm seeing colors and then i start to think about things i could make um like the seasons change um it can be anything really that can just trigger um, a design idea mm-hmm. and it'll just um, be, because sometimes it's like, and I think of it as like color therapy, because sometimes like a color will be resonating really strong and I kind of research it. Like I look into the the stones that carry the color and oh, um, okay, like what certain things mean, because there are some also things that aren't crystals that I have been drawn to add to some of my jewelry, like lotus flowers. Like when spring came, I was adding lotus flowers to everything. And then I realized like that was one of the things about lotus flowers. They were about transition and change. And here we are, we're transitioning and changing. Right. And we're constantly changing. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, like I really just kind of let um, things like sometimes I'll purposely design, like now I'm making stuff for Juneteenth. So I'll be making things with the um, Pan-African flag colors. I'll probably okay. be making things, um, even though it's not really a flag color, but it's more like, well, it's Jamaican flag colors, but like a lot of people wear stuff um, with those colors. Mm-hmm, so it's mm-hmm. like the green, the yellow, um, different things like that. Cause like at one point, and I'm probably still going to make it, I was thinking about the Mardi Gras colors mm-hmm. because, and, and the crazy thing is I never really paid attention to the meaning of the colors. And I was like, this is just awesome. Like I love what the Mardi Gras, um, colors stand for. Um, so I think, um, I was like, I was trying to look. Yeah, the purple represents justice. The green represents faith. The gold represents power. And like, I don't even know that people, because people associate Mardi Gras with fun, but there's more behind behind Mardi Gras than Mm -hmm. that. So like, that's one of the things I I think I love about making jewelry too. Like I learn things just because of design ideas, because I want to, I don't want to just always be putting stuff out there and then have no clue I want to also help people to um, be educated and to educate myself right of course absolutely so when you create a piece and someone purchases it with a healing crystal do you automatically send them the meaning behind the piece or do you give them some documentation to read um I actually have not been but that's one of the things I'm working on um is cards um because there are generic cards but I'm actually working on cards just for my business so like even if they get it and they give it as a gift like somebody will know like and they can see because sometimes I'll post of it's not jewelry and it'll just be about the different crystals and the properties and um just so people are more aware like and helping them get into it because I it's a lot to mm-hmm. I think being able to do things to heal ourselves because a lot of times we're looking for outward stuff Mm -hmm. to help us and it's knowing that you have the power 
to do it yourself. Like there's a lot of things that we have the power to do to ourselves. There's nothing wrong with needing help, but like sometimes we think that there's going to be an answer outside when it's all in us. Correct. Very true. And that we're a lot, we're a lot much stronger people. We're a lot stronger than we realize. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. That's a really good point. You told me um, that one of the best pieces of advice you've received is to do what makes you happy because it has helped you to free you from worry about others' judgment. And um, is your talent for making jewelry a way to help free you from that worry and others' judgment? It definitely is because one of the things so many people know that I went to law school because like it was one of those things, like I said, I wanted to be one for it was always in my head, even like as early as middle school, probably. And they're like, you really went to law school. So like people have this expectation of how your life should be mm. because you're an attorney of how they see attorney. And it was tough. And I think like a lot of times, sorry, but um, my dad, like, cause he had dreams that he wasn't able to do but he never put pressure on us to like do things to fulfill his dreams. He was like, well, are you going to be happy? Are you going to be able to take care of yourself? Like, so he reminded me of what was important when I was choosing things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it made me, it made it easier for me to not be trying to live up to other people's expectations for attorneys. And not letting them define success for me, not telling me like, you know, like you need to be a partner in a big law firm or you need to be doing this and have this. Like, no, I can do what I want. As long as I'm able to be self-sufficient, your definition doesn't matter. Right. And, you know, and the idea of a career has changed (laughs) so much from, you know, our parents, our grandparents. Um, in the last, I would say, 50 years, really, because people, you know, there used to be a time that people thought, like, you get a job, you go to school, you get a job, and you stay in that job for, like, 20, 30 years, right? Exactly. And then there came a time that people thought, um, in our age bracket, that, you know, you could do a lot of different things, but you you weren't committed to staying at a job for many, many years, right? Mm -hmm. You could just go, because we learned very early that, jobs aren't as loyal to their, um, I guess, to their employees as employees were to their jobs. Exactly. And we learned that by just watching what they did to our parents. Exactly. Right. Right. Um, and now we realize, now we see our, you know, our young people or younger people, and they are creating their own paths by doing things based on their passions and trying to figure out ways that they can make money doing those things far more so far more so than a lot of a lot of us were doing so it's really neat to see that um and to see that you heard that from your dad so early on mm-hmm. about is it going to make you happy can you be self-sufficient you know will it not cause you stress and anxiety right and not that it won't but and not right. that it can't but you know can you see yourself doing it for an extended period of time right, right? so and i think that right. really makes a big difference mm-hmm um so that's interesting that you would share that but particularly the fact that your father was telling you that so early so that's really great um so tell us how my audience and can find and purchase your jewelry well right now the easiest way is facebook and instagram i'm actually 
I'm actually on ET also, but all of my jewelry has not been posted on ET. But they all everything I design is on Facebook and Instagram at Eargasms Glam. Eargasms. Can you say it again for us? Sorry, at Eargasms Glam. Okay. And it and they're both on Instagram and on Facebook. That's the same title for both. Yes. Okay. Any final thoughts that you'd like to share about your jewelry or about healing crystals? Um, I think if if you see something and it's calling you, don't question it. Get it. Um, not just my jewelry, but any time you see like you may not know a lot about healing crystals I didn't know a lot about healing crystals actually a friend brought me into it and it came from me seeing amethyst like at home goods and different places I'm like I keep wanting to buy this amethyst and I have nothing to do with it it's a big old rock and I'm like what am I gonna do with this rock (laughs) yeah exactly and she was like, if you're being drawn to it, you're drawn to it for a reason. She was like, read about it. And I did. And I was like, okay, I get it. And I ended up buying me an Amethyst bracelet instead of a rock because I was like, again, what am I going to do with the rock? But mm-hmm. like, it actually did help. And it was weird because at first I was like, this is just goofy. But I noticed over time, like my attitude changing towards things, me being able to relax about certain things. And I was like, wow, like this really works. And it made me want to read more because I was mm-hmm. still having the Amethyst thing. So then I'm like, I'm reading how, what it heals and what it helps. And I started thinking about, so what do I need to do so that I don't need this crystal anymore? Like this isn't the crystal that keeps drawing me in. Got it. Got it. <clears throat> and That's there, really I went from there. Yeah. And do you find that you've transitioned away from that or do you still incorporate it? I have transitioned away from it. I actually had gotten back to it um, a few months ago and it was weird because I was, I don't know that I was really going through anything, but with the pandemic, I was just feeling a certain way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I had to stop and process because I'm like, I'm I'm keeping myself busy because we're in the house. And I was like, just slow down for a moment and let's sit and see like what we're feeling, what we're really thinking, like like stop suppressing stuff and just kind of get it out. And now, yeah, I'm here ready for next steps. And I'm going with my jewelry because that was one of the things like, I started making more jewelry, but I was scared to talk about it. I was kind of embarrassed to talk about it because you're a lawyer. And like most of the time when people hear I'm a lawyer, like they want to ask me about my law stuff. They want to ask their own little personal questions or whatever. Like they want to know where you work and what you do and how long you've been doing it. And like that wasn't what I wanted to talk about. Right. But this is something and that's how you know it's your passion. And that's how you know that it's right because you don't mind talking about it um, as long as you can kind of get through that initial fear. Exactly. Right? And, and it was really just the fear to, yeah, of yeah, judgment. Exactly. <laughs> right. It's a fear of judgment. Absolutely. 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 Um, and I know that all too well. But I also know that I am an owner of several of your pieces and love each and every one of them and I'm giving them as gifts too. So I will tell my audience that if you are interested and you like beautiful designs, tend to please check out Maya's work. 
at Eargasms and Glam. And, um, and be sure to continue to support her um, because she will really always give you some really talented and beautiful work. So I thank, thank you, you so, so much, Maya. Maya. You're welcome. I thank you so much for being here with us today. And this has been great for me and I appreciate you sharing your journey with us. Thank you. Um, I'm glad you asked or opened it up because it wasn't something I thought about doing, but it's been nice. It's another step in freeing myself from restriction. Absolutely. And for me too. So thank you very much for helping me um, continue this journey for myself. So, all right, y'all, thanks for joining me and my guest, Maya Holman, for this episode of the No Good People podcast. And if you want to share your story, cool, hit me up at nogoodpeoplepodcast at gmail.com. And until next time, I'm Vera Smith-Winfrey. And remember, it's always good to know good people. All right, y'all, thanks for joining me for another episode of the No Good People podcast. Want to share your story? Cool. Hit me up at nogoodpeoplepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Vera Smith-Winfrey. And remember, it's always good to know good people. The No Good People podcast is co-produced by Diana Guzman Productions and So Very Vera Productions. The No Good People podcast can be streamed through Apple, Spotify, and other selected streaming services.